This morning, we're going to continue with our series, Be Filled with the Spirit, Part 2, The Baptism of the Spirit. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we pray your blessing, Lord, your anointing, Lord, this morning upon the Word of God that we would have ears to hear, that I would be able to proclaim your message the way you designed it, divinely uh, appointed it to be spoken and declared this morning. I pray, Lord, that we would have understanding of your Word, Lord, that we would grasp what we're hearing and apply it to our heart, to our spirit. And Father, we thank you for your Word, which endures forever. It's eternal. It brings life, power, anointing to our daily lives, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 You have an outline? If you don't have an outline, raise your hand. You will get one right now. I think everyone has an outline, though. But let me just start by saying this. It's a well-known fact that our world is facing an energy crisis. How many would agree with that this morning? We are in an energy crisis. In fact, for decades, it was thought that the vast underground supplies of natural gas and oil were inexhaustible, that they would last forever. That's what they thought decades and decades ago. But a few voices gave warning of an approaching shortage. But people living in affluence found the caution hard to believe. It's hard to believe something when you're comfortable, when you're living in an area where everything's good. Now, there were struggles and wars, or excuse me, now there are struggles and wars between countries over the cost and availability of oil. We recognize today another energy crisis, a spiritual energy crisis. What I want to talk to you this morning about is in regards to your spirit, about power in your spirit. This crisis is a little bit different. The supply is unlimited, yet the majority of believers fail to tap into this this morning. The, the problem is a long-standing one. Excuse me. Let, I, let me keep, continue here. The Bible tells us of the supernatural power and energizing strength available to Christians through the work of the Holy Spirit. Again, it's not something that you and I do, but it's what the Holy Spirit does, what I'm talking to you about this morning. But here's the thing. Sinners refuse to allow the Spirit to do His work in, in, his, in their lives, correct? Because that's where I was. That's where I'm sure you were at some point when you were refusing to allow God's Holy Spirit to work in your life. But there is an experience for believers, for all believers, after conversion to make them more like Jesus. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. This is an experience that holds the potential for accelerating the process of making us more Christ-like. You see, every day that we live, this is called living a sanctified life. Sanctification is, is the process of growing more like Christ, day by day. How many know you don't become like Jesus the moment you are converted, amen? It's a sanctification process, day by day by day. A year ago, you should be able to look back. Everybody say, look back. And you should be able to say, man, I have grown in the Lord. How many can say that here this morning? Amen. You have grown in the Lord. I want to encourage you to grow in the Lord. That's my job as your pastor, to challenge you to grow in the Lord this morning. But this experience that we just saw on this clip, it's described in Acts chapter 2. And it's a Pentecostal distinctive. 
It's a Pentecostal distinctive. Again, our church here, Foothill Christian Fellowship, American Canyon, we are a church plant from the Napa Church. Now, together, we're, we're at the hip. Pastor Steve was just here just a moment ago. He's going on to Vallejo to go preach at his brother's church this morning. But together, we are the same fellowship. Now, having said that, we are both under the same denomination. We belong to the denomination called the Pentecostal Church of God. And a great, wonderful organization that we belong to. Now, when you hear the word Pentecostal, most of you and all of you should know that that refers to churches, people that believe in the supernatural, speaking in tongues, miracles, and so forth. All the nine gifts of the Spirit that the Bible talks about in the book of Corinthians. You see, those things weren't just for the disciples at that time. These are things that were meant for each of you today. Each of you. In fact, I'm getting ahead of myself, but Jesus said this, you, speaking to the believers at that time, you and those that come after you will do works like I have, and greater works than these will you do. Amen? So it wasn't that signs and wonders were meant only for the time of Jesus. See, this was all a prophecy going back into the Old Testament. There's a book, the book of Joel, In chapter 2, it talks about in the last days that your men will have dreams and and visions. And and God is speaking to his people like that today. God is speaking to us in dreams and in visions and telling us about the great things that are going to be occurring in these last days. How many know that today? And those are all truths that have held for thousands of years now. God's word is is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's say that together. God's Word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's unchanging. So again, this morning, if you have your outline, let's read again from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. I want to read this, and as we go through it, I want you to picture that scene again in the upper room. That was called the upper room experience. When I went to Jerusalem, I had the wonderful experience to be in that room. Uh, They still know what room that was, and they believe that was the place. And we were there. We had uh, communion there. It was a wonderful, wonderful experience for our group. But in Acts chapter 2... Verses 1 through 4, and let me, let me set this up again. If In chapter 1, the Bible says that there were 120 believers there in the upper room, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, and many others from at least 15 different nations were there in that room. And they were there because when Jesus had ascended up into heaven 10 days earlier, he had told them, wait for me in Jerusalem and pray that the Holy Spirit that you will receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, so he had told them that the Holy Spirit would be coming. They weren't quite sure how this was all going to work out. See, they had never experienced this before. But they were anticipating something great, something wonderful was going to happen. And they were praying. They may not have been praying that particular prayer that you saw on the clip there, but they were praying, they were earnestly praying and anticipating something wonderful that was about to happen. So let's pick it up in verse 1. It says this, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, everyone say suddenly, Suddenly. a sound like the blowing of a violent wind 
came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them. Everybody say, all of them. them. Were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues or languages as the Spirit enabled them. Amen. Now here, this story is the story of Pentecost where the first disciples were baptized into, his Holy, into the Holy Spirit. There were, the Bible says, 120 people were there praying. And they received, all of them received this great gift, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They had spent time waiting, praying. Have you ever spent time waiting and praying on God? Have you ever asked Him for something and you're just praying, seeking the Lord and praying? And He's answered that prayer after a specific time? God requires you to step out in faith. How many know that this morning? He's going to require you to step out in faith and do things that maybe you weren't expecting to do. Wayne and Irene, when when I had them share that testimony this morning, he wasn't expecting to go have a divine appointment with this gentleman, but yet the Holy Spirit spoke to him because Wayne made himself available to that. Well, here, getting back to this, when the Spirit came upon them, these people were open to receive it. Say, everybody say, open. open. We must be open to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. If you're not open to that, if you question it, I promise you one thing, you will never ever receive it. I was, and I want to share this at this time, I was in my 20s when I first came to, to know this Christianity, this church stuff. I walked into a church and I saw people with this gift in operation. They were speaking in tongues and I'm, I was like, wow, check this out. I had never, ever, ever seen that. But at that time, I was open to this. I was desiring a change in my life. I was desiring God to speak to me, to come in and, and do some things in my life because guess what? I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah. Ever been there? And when you're at that place, when you're open to allowing God to work in your life, mighty things begin to happen. And so, three months after I began going, I went to this church on a 4th of July, on a Wednesday night in 1984. You can look it up, Wednesday, 4th of July, 1984. I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit for the very first time in my life. I remember having this amazing experience of just praying. Me and, me and another person were praying. And it was on that night that I determined, Lord, I really want to experience this. If this is real, I need this. I want this. But I had never declared that up until that night. I was checking it out prior to that for three months. But that night, I came into service going, I want this. If this is real, Lord, I want to receive that gift. Now this morning, I want to talk to you about why, uh, or three things uh, about this. What is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Why is it so important in every believer's life? And then how to receive 
the baptism of the Spirit. So, so this eve, that Wednesday evening, when I received it, I began to start off by praising God. I was just praising Him and lifting Him up, like you all were doing just moments ago when we were here praising in worship. And I was saying, Lord, I love you. King of kings, how wonderful you are. And as I was doing this, I was expecting something. I was expecting the supernatural, like that clip that you just saw. All of a sudden, I felt this presence that I had never felt before, just enveloped me and I and I knew it was God because number one it brought peace it brought the deepest peace I've ever experienced in my life and as I was speaking I just began to speak in another language I had never ever spoken before in my life and it was that simple really but it started with being open start faith and I want to talk about that about how to do that but again it was a wonderful experience I'm driving home I was living in Rutherford at that time and I'm driving home and I see all these fireworks going off that night it was 4th of July I was in church on the 4th of July night, I saw all these fireworks and I thought, Lord, you did that just for me, didn't you? And I was just receiving that and thinking, what an awesome evening this has been. And it was an experience I will never, ever forget. But much like last week, we spoke about, we talked about how we have to renew the Spirit of God in our lives. This is just a one-time filling. God wants to completely pour Himself into you every day, every time you make yourself available. He wants to recharge you and and fill you with His presence. Can I get an amen? amen? The book of Acts describes others being baptized in this way. We read, we read chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10 with Cornelius. How many remember the story of Cornelius, the centurion, and his whole family got saved? They were saved, and the Bible says they began to speak in tongues, and Peter was amazed that they received the same experience as he had. See, this was, this was Gentiles. These were non-Jewish people. And at that time, they were still trying to figure it out that God had this amazing plan that he wanted to reach everybody, not just Jewish people, but Gentiles included. And when they saw that the centurion, the Cornelius, and his family, who were Italians, they received it. Anybody here Italian? Raise your hand. That's part of your heritage. Amen. I mean, we got you beat, though, because the Hispanics, we have Jesus. That's Almighty God. All right. Enough of that. But why, why do you think that tongues, the tongue is important here in this case? I'm going to give you what I think. Why does God use our tongue to speak like this in another language? Well, the book of James tells us this one thing, this one scripture, and refers to the tongue that no man can tame the tongue. No man can tame the tongue because it, it speaks unruly things. It's, it can create a, a little, with a little spark, it can create a wildfire. Don't raise your hand if you've ever done that, but we know that that can happen, that can occur. But I feel that God uses our tongue when we have completely given Him control of ourself, of our spirit, and only then can He give us the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Does that make sense this morning? I totally believe that, that when we do that, we surrender. When we come here and lift our hands, you're not just lifting your hands, you're surrendering to God. You're saying, Lord, I give up. Your will, not my will. Have your way in my life. That's what you do, and that's what you mean when you lift your hands up to God. Amen. 
There is, and I'm, I'm going to tell you this right now, there is nothing more important in the Christian's life than receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about um, something more greater than your conversion experience, salvation. I'm talking to the Christian already, one that's already received Christ. There's nothing greater in your life than being baptized in the Holy Spirit. So you're looking at me going, okay, what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? In case you don't know that, what is it? Well, first of all, it's when God clothes you and fills you as a believer with His power. Everybody say power. Power. And His presence. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke, or excuse me, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. We're going to read a verse there from the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. And in verse 8, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples about what the Holy Spirit baptism is all about. Verse 8 says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in American Canyon and in Vallejo, and in the Bay Area, and all over the United States. Essentially, that's what it's saying. The, the correct version here says, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and all of Judea, and Samaria, and all the uttermost part of the world. So again, it's expanding and taking the message outward. That's why the baptism of the Holy Spirit is given. To, to, for what reason? To be a witness. It gives you power to be a witness. Ever felt intimidated? When you want to witness to somebody, ever say or ever get the feeling that you need to speak to so-and-so and share or just even invite them to church, but you get timid or something holds you back from doing that, you don't have to raise your hands because that happens to everybody. But here I'm here to tell you this morning, the baptism of the Holy Spirit gives you that boldness and that power to be able to speak to them and declare that and invite them to church and just become the witness, the effective witness that God wants you to be. Amen? Amen. Jesus also um, said this, that the disciples received this power on the day of Pentecost. Let me just go back. and The day of Pentecost was a, a, a festival. They called it the Festival of Weeks, and it was one of three major Jewish festivals. And it was 50 days after the first day of Passover. How many remember Passover in the Old Testament when, when uh, the Lord told them to apply the blood of the Lamb on the doorpost and then the angel of death would pass over? Remember that story? Well, that's what Passover was about. And this was, Pentecost was 50 days after the first day of Passover. And so that's when this occurred here. Now that same baptism is available to you and I today. God is right here. How many remember in my small group last week, I shared about the pouring the water in the vessel? Did I do that? Or I did that here. Did that here on Sunday. That's what God wants to do. He, he wants to pour himself into your vessel. But he's not going to do that because he's a gentleman. He's only going to do it if you ask him. If you ask him. Amen? So you can receive that power today. It's a promise for all believers. Acts chapter 2 and verse 4 says, They were all filled. All 120. Including Mary, the mother of Jesus, who was there. They were all filled. 
the Bible continues to say on all flesh, that it's a promise that will be poured out on all flesh, on all those that seek it and desire it. Acts chapter 2 and verses 38 and 39, it says that this promise of the Holy Spirit is to all those that are afar off. All those that are afar off, not just here in American Canyon, Vallejo, in the Bay Area, but in, uh, in Japan, in the Philippines, Taiwan, wherever, you name the place that are afar off, it's available to them. Amen? It is, all, it is for all of you. It is for you today. Amen? And here's the other thing that's probably the most important. It's a command to all believers. Jesus commanded it. In Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 5, He commanded them to receive the Spirit of God. He commanded them. So I don't know about you, but if Jesus commands me, I'm going to do my best to, to honor that. In fact, speaking of baptisms, we're going to be having water baptism next week. So please, if you're going to have, want to be baptized, see me after the service today um, and make sure you sign up. But if Jesus had said in his word, we need to be baptized in chocolate syrup, I'm going to get baptized in chocolate syrup. I don't care what everybody else says. I'm going to get baptized in chocolate syrup because I love chocolate syrup. But that's not the point. The point is I want to be obedient to my God. Amen? Amen. Paul commanded it. We read that scripture last week in Ephesians 5.18. He went on to say, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. So, here's the thing. When God commands something, it must be important. How many would agree with that this morning? When God commands something, it must be important. So, here's the next question. Why is the baptism in the Holy Spirit so important in every believer's life? Okay, so if you haven't really heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to continue this. Why is it important, Pastor Rick? Well, here I'm going to tell you why. It's the, it's the believer's source of power for life, for service, and anointing. Everybody say anointing. anointing. Anointing is not something you will have in the natural. Power is not something you will have in the natural. There are some things that you cannot do on your own strength or words that you can speak to someone in your own vocabulary or knowledge. But when you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit applied to your life and it's mixed in your spirit, God will all of a sudden give you words. God will give you an anointing to be able to speak past the demonic, past any strongholds and speak into a person's life, into a situation all because you were available to receive that baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen? How many here have experienced that? When, when God has used you to speak to somebody like that. Jesus promised the power to witness. And because of that, when we, when we have that power, we should, we should walk in boldness. Everybody say boldness. 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 Don't let the world intimidate you. Don't allow Satan to intimidate you. Yeah. We're getting to a point in time in our life, and Brother Ed has shared this, where there are things going on in our world that would want to intimidate you as a believer, stop you from believing and declaring your faith. Don't allow that to happen. And, and what you need... To help you with that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. To empower you. To give you boldness and anointing in this day and age. Amen? Amen. Amen. 
We cannot serve God to the fullest. We cannot serve God to the fullest without the power of the Holy Spirit. It's just a simple fact. We cannot serve God to the fullest without the power of the Holy Spirit. When you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you will receive power to witness. Amen? Can I get a witness? Amen. You will receive power to witness. I have had people speak to me when I first became a believer. I remember having uh, that uncle of mine speak to me the very first time. And I'm going like, that's not you. That's not you speaking to me. I know that. And later did I realize he was allowing the Holy Spirit to speak through him because he had received this experience that I'm talking about today. And little did I know that because I didn't know anything about anything. I couldn't tell you where the book of Revelation was or where the book of Genesis was because I didn't know. I never cracked open a Bible. It just sat on our coffee table at home growing up and it was all covered in dust. How many can uh, uh, say amen to that? How many had that same situation? Our Bible was this thick. If I would have hit you over the head with it, it would have killed you. But nobody in our home had ever opened it. Um, I think when we did receive it in the mail or wherever we got it from, it had pretty colored pictures, but that was the extent of my ever opening up that Bible. Remember that Bible, Reuben? It was a big, thick Bible. But we never opened it. We never read it. The power to witness, again, is the primary purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not to make you say, well, I have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, therefore I am a better Christian. No, no. On the contrary, if anything, you will become more humble than you've ever become before in your life. God will use you because you're now open to allow Him to do anything in your life. So here's the question. Why does every believer need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Well, the answer is because every believer is called to be Christ's witness, to be His witness. You're a witness whether you speak or not at work. Did you realize that? People see you by your actions. Your actions speak louder than your words will ever speak. How many know that today? You are a witness today. That is why God wants to empower you to have the Holy Spirit in your life. When you are baptized in the Spirit, you will also receive power to do the following. This is what I love, because here's my situation. I can't live life without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, without His power. Because see, it gives you power to overcome temptation and live a holy life. How many know that it's not easy to overcome temptation, whether it's that wonderful chocolate cake covered with chocolate syrup and cherries on top or whatever it is, or that beautiful um, jello cake. How many had that jello? That was just delicious. Man, that was so good. But that's a temptation, right? For some of us, it's a temptation. Others, it could be, you know, alcohol. It could be drugs. It could be sexual in nature. It could, you know, the list goes on. But how many know that that's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome that? Because you can't do it on your own. I'm here to tell you, you cannot do it on your own. It's also the power to live a holy life. Holy is not something unattainable. All holy means is to be separate, to be separate from the world, to, so that people say, yeah, they're different. Why is that? You're different because you're holy. You're holy unto God because 
He is holy, that's why. And the power of the Holy Spirit is to allow you to be able to do that. I'm not talking about how you dress. I'm talking about what makes you up as a person. What, what stirs inside of you. What kind of desires you have. They should be different than the desires of the world. Can I get an amen? amen. It gives you the power to love supernatural power to love. I'll tell you what, I know, I know a lot of your situations, but some of you have gone through situations where I would just shake my head and say, man, that's, that's an incredible power of love you have there to maybe remain in a situation, to continue in a situation and do it in the natural? No, it's only because God's empowered you to do that. And God's supernatural power can help us to love better. How many know that this morning? Power to better understand the Word of God. See, all these are attributes that the Holy Spirit is wanting to give us this morning when we receive the Holy Spirit baptism. Power to preach. Power to preach. I want to have, and every morning when I come up here, I want to have a an anointing upon what I speak. I don't want to just give you... Pastor Rick's thoughts, my thoughts in my own mind and in my own spirit. I want to be able to declare to you what the Spirit of God has told me to give to you. And that's what I pray every single time I open my mouth, whether it's a small group on Wednesday or whether it's here on Sunday morning. I pray for anointing. I pray for anointing for the worship, whether it's Bianca by herself up here, or whether it's a group of musicians up here. I pray for anointing. Not that we could stand and clap for them because they sounded great. No, we can get that at, uh, at a music festival anywhere down the street. I want Holy Spirit anointing that'll touch your spirit, touch your mind. Can I get an amen? Yes. Power to do the works of Jesus. And again, Jesus said in his own words, he said, you will do greater things than he did. Greater things than Jesus did. And you read the life of Jesus and the miracles that he performed, and yet he's declaring to us, greater things than these will you do? How is that possible? Only with the Spirit, the baptism of the Spirit. Amen. Power to more clearly discern the voice of God. Ever wonder, Lord, is that you? Lord, is that you speaking to me? Lord, do you really want me to go speak to that man over there that's all distraught and depressed? I came here to enjoy myself and just do some fishing, Lord. No. Lord will give you a divine appointment in the middle of something you didn't expect so that you can speak to somebody because you clearly heard the voice of God. The power to worship is another attribute that the Holy Spirit will give you. Have you ever uh, you know, been there on a Sunday morning and just been amazed at how you felt you know, supernaturally and, and you got into it and, and um, it was no different than any other Sunday? That's, that's really the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit wanting to just pour Himself into you. That's the experience that He can give you to, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Power to worship. So there's clearly that and much, much more that the Lord gives you when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So here's the, f- the final thing I want to give you this morning. How can you be filled with the Holy Spirit? 
How many saw the AD series again? Raise your hand if you saw it. Um, there was a part, and if, for those of you that have read the New Testament as well, Book of Acts, how many remember Simon who wanted to buy the gift of God, yeah. right? He saw Peter performing miracles, and he went up to, to Peter, Simon did, and he wanted to buy it. He wanted to buy the gift of God. And you can't buy this. You can't go out and look it up online. You can't go out and uh, look for it in, 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 a, in Walmart, Super Walmart. You can't buy it anywhere. You can only find it in the power of His Word and being by yourself somewhere or here in a congregation and desiring it. When you desire it, you could be filled with that today. But I, let me just tell you what you must have in order to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, okay? You must, first of all, be truly born again. You must be born again. You must be a believer in Christ. You must have confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You must have asked Him, Lord, forgive me of all of my sins. I know you died for me and rose again on that cross from the, from the grave. And you forgave me of all my sins. And I've accepted you into my heart as my Lord and Savior. If you've done that, it's settled. You are a believer. You're a believer in Christ. Number two... You must hunger and desire this experience more than anything. You have to hunger it and desire it. If not, God's not going to give it to you. He will not give it to you. And then thirdly, you must be prepared to obey God. See, the Lord may have you come up to the front here and get on your knees and pray in submission to Him. I don't know. You just got to be submissive to Him. Obedience. Everybody say obedience. obedience. Be obedient to God. But here's how we do it. First of all, you receive the Spirit through faith. Through faith. You have to have faith that God is going to give it to you. You have to have faith. Just like I had faith that Wednesday night on July 4th. Many years ago, I said, Lord, tonight I know I'm going to receive the baptism of the Spirit. I'm going to receive it. And sure enough, I did. I knew it. I asked Him. Boom. It was done. It was that simple. Really that simple. You must believe God for the Spirit. Because faith is the, is the essential ingredient for receiving this experience. Amen? Now, here's what we're going to do as, we, as I conclude this morning. We're going to, I'm going to talk to you about three different things that you must do to receive this experience. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to come up here to this altar this morning. And I want my brother Ed to come up here with me. And we're going to be praying for people that would like to receive this experience this morning. It's available to you. I promise you, it's available to you today. But first of all, we need to ask in faith. Luke chapter 11 states the following, and I want to read this to you this morning. Luke chapter 11, verse 9, 10, and 13. It says this, Jesus said this, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. If you then, though, uh, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit 
to those who ask him. Amen? We must ask in faith. Lord, increase our faith this morning. Number two, we receive by faith. Receive it by faith. See, for a gift to be fully given, someone must give it, and then someone else must receive it, must reach out and receive it. How many know that? God will give you, but you must receive. You have to take the steps to receive it. Say, Lord, I receive that this morning. Everybody say that with me. Lord, I receive it. You see, receiving is a bold, definite act. It's a present tense act of your faith today. It's declaring a statement, Lord, I want that now, today. And then finally, receiving by faith, Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. I'm going to read from Mark 11 and verse 24. The words of Jesus here in Mark 11 and verse 24, it says this, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Let me say that again one more time. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Amen. Can you get excited for that? Whatever you ask for prayer this morning, church, God is going to grant it to you. And then finally, the last prerequisite is speak in faith. Speak it in faith. See, let's go back to Hebrews 11 verse 1. says this, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You can't see it. That's what faith is. But you have to speak it in faith. Once you, you begin to sense the Spirit's presence as you're up here praying, as you're praying to Him, and you begin to feel this, this, uh, this intense feeling inside of you of God's Spirit may cause you to become emotional. And that's all right. I did that night. I did. It was a wonderful, cleansing, peaceful experience like I've never, ever had before. You begin to speak out in faith. But it starts with with stepping out in faith and beginning to speak. You have to declare to God. It's not going to happen if you're just there like this. You have to begin to declare to Him, Lord, I worship you this morning. Lord, I love you. King of kings and Lord of lords, I'm here to receive from you today. Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, what we read already, says this, They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak. They began to speak in other languages, is what the Bible says. See, how many know that when you worship Almighty God, We just read the scripture. He's not going to give you a harmful thing. He wants to fill you with His Spirit. He wants to fill you with His presence. He's not going to give you a bad gift. He's going to give you a precious and good gift. Speak from where you sense the Spirit of God. Wherever you're at, speak and speak it out loud. I want to read another scripture to you found in John. John chapter 7 and in verse 37, Jesus speaks here about the rivers of life here. In uh, in verse 37, 
Jesus, on the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Streams of living water will flow from within him. That is a reference to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, to the waters stirring up and flowing out of you as you begin to speak, as you begin to praise God. Amen? Again, ask in faith, receive by faith, and third point is speak in faith. It's really very simple. It's very simple. Bianca and Raquel have both received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Raquel received it at youth camp just about three years ago. Or Bianca did about, how many years ago was it? Four years ago. Four years ago. Uh, Raquel at home, we prayed for her at home. She wanted to receive that experience, so we prayed for her. Pastor Anna and I laid hands on her, and she began to speak in other tongues. Not because she knew how to do that, but because the Spirit of God enabled her to do that. Just like Bianca did, and just like I have, just like Anna has. That experience is available to each of you. That gives you anointing and power to do the will of God in your life. It's not something that you you should ever, ever fear. Because again, God will never give you anything that would harm you. It's a gift. All you have to do is say, Lord, I receive that. Lord, I praise you. So again, ask, receive, and speak. 